This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week getting into the world of sports psychology. We talk about your mind, your attitude, sportsmanship, all kinds of things related to sports psychology. And today is a special show because today I'm going to talk about something different. I'm going to talk about my career. And the reason I'm doing this is because Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, will be the beginning of my 40th year of work. And I want to, you know, I get, I get asked this question quite frequently. Doc, how did you get started? How are you doing this? How, how have you lasted this long? Um, and a lot of people have asked me to talk about it, so I thought no better time than when I'm starting my 40th year of work to discuss that. I, I've been here at Sports Radio 810 for 19 years, been on the radio in Kansas City for 29 years. And there are a lot of people who I've worked with along the way that I want to talk about today, um, thanking them for what they've done for my career. Because when I started, basically nobody had heard of sports psychology. I graduated, I grew up in Kansas City, went to Vanderbilt University, graduated in 1976, and made a lot of good friends there. And then I went to the California School of Professional Psychology in San Diego and got my doctorate in 1981 and moved back here. And my second year in grad school, I was in a year-round program. My second year was a class called Sports Psychology. And being someone who's played tennis and played sports my whole life, I thought, okay, this will be cool. Well, there are only eight people in the class. And I was in a small private professional school. Took the class from Dr. Robert Nidefer, one of the premier sports psychologists in this country, one of the really founders of sports psychology. And Bob uh, taught me everything. I had that class that morning, went down to the beach after class, read his book called The Inner Athlete Cover to Cover, called him up that night and said, Dr. Nightford, this is Andy Jacobs. I was in your class today. He goes, all right, the guy from Kansas. I said, right. He said, yeah, the guy is the Royals fan. I said, that's right. I said, I read your book cover to cover today. He goes, you did? I said, yes, sir, this is what I want to do. And it all started from there. And my, my graduate school was pretty cool because we got to have an internship every year. And so when I graduated after five years of grad school, I had five years of training, and our last year, we set up a training program at San Diego State where I worked with the athletes, the tennis team, men's tennis team, and women's gymnastics team. And that's where I got to realize why sports psychology works. I did my doctoral dissertation on jockeys because of my cousin's connection with horse racing. And I got to meet 49 of the top 50 jockeys in the country, study their personalities, and I got hooked. And I moved back. But before I get started in talking about this, I, I do want to say something. Thursday, I found out that a local gym had to close. Kansas Gymnastics and Dance, a gym, gymnastics gym, had to shut their doors. This pandemic has affected so many people. And one of the coaches there, Billy Pinkham, was on the show a few months ago, 
along with Marjorie Sherrard, a swim coach, talking about how to get started. Billy is a wonderful woman. Her family founded the gym, the Duncan family. And now Billy and co-coach James Sample are out of jobs. A lot of young girls are disappointed. They're searching for other gyms to go to. And I just want to mention to everybody and to those to the people listening, if you if you know anyone there, give them a call. They're hurting right now. They had to shut their doors. It's been open for 30 years and just a tragedy. Just a bunch of great people there. And I wanted to thank them for being great people and helping so many kids. Anyway, wanted to mention that. But as I get started today, I move back. And, and, and here's why I wanted to get into this. So on my drive back from San Diego to Kansas City, I stopped at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. August 14th, 1981. I remember the day because it was my mom's 50th birthday and I had to get back here that night for a party for her. I interviewed with the Olympic Olympic uh, assistant head of sports medicine at the Olympic team. And after 15 minutes, he said, listen, young man, I appreciate you stopping here, but we don't, and this is a quote, we don't need any of you PhD types running around here telling us what's wrong with our athletes. Well, I got in my car, took off my suit, put on my running clothes, drove back home, and I was so ticked off, I decided, you know what? I'm not gonna be told I can't do this because it works. And I came back to Kansas City, started working, the next day, my father, who was a very prominent physician, sat down with him because I came back to the house I grew up in because I had no money and had to start from nothing. And he told me, you'll never make a living at this. No one's ever done it before. That was 40, 39 years ago. I then started interviewing around the Kansas City area, some of the local colleges, and the athletic director at one of the schools, one of the colleges, told me, quote, I don't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft. That's what you're talking about. So I got started, and there was a lot of doubt. I found out about a sports medicine meeting in December of 1981. Went up there, and a professor named Mike Barkey was running the, the sports medicine meeting. I uh, introduced myself to him. He asked what I did. I told him, because I had started my own private practice with Dr. Stanley Butts, a wonderful man who I worked with for 30 years. Dr. Barkey said, how'd you like to work at KU? I was like, oh my God, I'd love to. So he sent a memo around to the coaches. The only coaches who showed up for that meeting were Carla Coffey, the women's track coach, and Bob Timmons, the men's track coach. And they gave me a chance. They got me started. They hired me for $5 a day, one day a week. And I owe so much to them. And, and the University of Kansas gave me my first job. And specifically, Carla was wonderful to work with, but Bob Timmons was... The, one of the classiest people I'll, I'll ever know. And along with assistant coaches, Roger Bowen and Steve Kiefer, they gave me a chance. And I got to meet a lot of wonderful athletes. And that led to working at KU the second year for a 100% raise up to 10 bucks a day. And then I started working with some other athletes. Gary Kemp, the swim coach, had me work with Tammy Thomas, who went on to break a number of American records at the women's NCAAs that year. Scott Perelman, the tennis coach, Larry Brown, the basketball coach. I started working with a bunch of teams. And that got my start. And I'm very fortunate to have gotten that opportunity because from there, my career's taken off. There's so many people I want to talk about on this show today who I want to thank because they've done so much for me. The following June, after June of 1982, after I came home, I got a call from the Olympic organization and they asked me if I'd like to work with a cycling team and they went out there and I started work with the cycling team and I worked with them through 1988. One of the first sports psychologists in the Olympic team 
1984. The cycling team, we won nine medals, hadn't won any in 72 years, and I got to work with many of those cyclists. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. 
Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Here every week talking about sports psychology. And today I thought I'd talk a little bit about my career as I'm starting my 40th year of work in a couple days. And, you know, I mentioned several people as I started the show who I owe a debt of gratitude to. And there's so many people who I'm sure I'll forget. But I also want to thank Dayton Moore, who, and Trey Hillman, the former Royals manager and the general manager of the Royals, who hired me again in 2008 for four years. I spent four great years with them. So many trainers I've worked with, Craig Kloss, Doug Wiesner, Nick Schwartz, Nick Kenny, Kyle Turner, Jeff Bloom. A lot of people have spent a lot of time with me over the years. Mickey Cobb, great man. I got to know Buck O'Neill, who is one of the classiest people I think I'll ever know in my life. There are so many people I've had the opportunity to know. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them taking chances. But here's the other thing. We're going to go to the phones. We've got some people online here. Before we do, a lot of people have not believed in this. And I've, I've lost many jobs because people didn't believe in it. didn't work. 1990, John Sherholtz, Mr. Kaufman hired me. It went great. John Sherholtz was replaced by Herc Robinson. Didn't believe in it. Didn't have me come back. That was his choice. It's happened several times because people don't believe in sports psychology because you can't measure it you can't measure confidence although i think there's a way to do that but a lot of people don't get it you can't measure attitude and so a lot of people don't want shrinks coming around because they don't believe in it well let's go to the phones we'll start first with adrian adrian good morning dr jacobs how are you very good thank you dr jacobs i just wanted to say thank you for all the work and you've really helped me over the last two years I've grown a lot more confident, and uh, I used to be really shy, but now I can just talk freely, and you know I can really stand up for myself, and you know, that's something I really appreciated. Uh, so thank you so, so much for everything you've done, and congratulations on 40 years. Well, young man, thanks for calling in. You are a, a, a wonderful young person, and you've got great parents, and... Thank you for that call, sir. I, I appreciate it, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Let's, let's go next to Rick. Rick, good morning. Dr. Jacobs, how are you? Hello? Rick, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hey, Andy. It's Rick Bunbun. Rick, how are you? I really want to congratulate. I'm, hey, it's good to hear you voice this morning, and hey, just wanted to call in and congratulate you. You're really getting old. And I'm, I'm, you know, quite well, you're older. Younger. You're older than me. <laughs> <laughs> really, I am. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that. Uh, but no, hey, it's really been fun. I've learned so much from you over the years, and uh, you know, we've developed into having this nice friendship. So, 
Hey, way to go. Congrats. Well, listen, uh, thank thank you so much for calling. I, I want to say something about you. You took a chance when, when you know, I got hired uh, Christmas Eve 1984 by uh, Dr. Schoenstatt. And the next day I met you when you became the head coach. And it was like, okay, who are you? What, what, what's this about? <laughs> and uh, you took a chance and we worked together for four years and uh, – Maybe some of the most fun I've ever had doing my job because you were open to letting me do what I wanted to do and the players bought into it and, and we had a great time and had a lot of success. And I want to thank you because not only after the comments, but then working at UMKC with you for so many years, uh, you're a, a class act across the board, got a great family and uh, your wife, Meg, your kids, you know, your grandkids. I don't, you don't have any great grandkids yet, <laughs> but you know, you're. You you've uh, you took a chance doing this when a lot of people wouldn't, and I want to thank you for that because it, it, you know that that helped give me a chance to prove what what I do works, and I think we both know it does. No, yeah, no, it was it's been fantastic. Hopefully, we'll still do some work in the future. And but no, it's great. You know, I heard a, a podcast a couple of days ago. You know, they bring a lot of the old old folks like me back. You know, on these. Podcast. I was listening to one with uh, Steve Petcher and Don Ebert and Carl Rose when they were talking about their time with the Steamers. It was a St. Louis uh, show. And, um, you know, Steve was one of the first guys to really buy in. I think when you started working with us, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be interesting because, you know, that was a really international team. You know, I think we had so many countries and i think we had guys uh, from like a dozen countries on our on the comets yeah oh my gosh it was really incredible yeah and, and, uh, and petch had that petch it, it's documented he he was the mis major indoor soccer league bad boy with penalty minutes but uh, we worked on learning right. to control that right yeah and it yeah. was it was written up about that how how we learned he bought into the relaxation and visualization stuff and really helped him and right oh for sure yeah, and, and Manny Schwartz, Gino Seraldi, Enzo Depede, all those guys. You know, they. You, but yeah, it was because of yeah. you and, and Billy Gazzone, the assistant coach, who opened the door and were receptive. And you know, I think that yeah. that's why it worked. That's why no, it worked. I, I agree. And Alan, Alan Mayer too. Well, yeah. Alan came in and, and still, uh, you know, big proponent of your work. And uh, yeah, it was just really a great time and. Uh, yeah, looking looking forward to, to hearing you and listen, listening to you for uh, quite a few more years. Well, thanks, my friend. Rick, you're a class guy. Thank you for calling, my friend. You take care of yourself. Give my best to Meg. Yeah, thanks for getting right. up this early. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, sorry. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let's go next to Steve. Steve, good morning. Dr. Jacobs, how are you? Good morning, Andy. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Hey, this is Steve Kiefer. Hey, Steve. We used to work together at, at KU in a... Coach Timmons, and we're just uh, he, if Coach Timmons were here today, he would he would join me in congratulating you and telling telling you how proud we are of you and, and your career and the the so many different uh, athletes that you've helped over the years, Andy. We're just so so proud of you and, and so uh, so blessed to have just the opportunity to know you, Andy. Well, I want to say something about you, Steve. Steve Kiefer uh, is is one of the classiest people I've ever known. You and Bob Timmons gave me my first job and you know you took a chance on this nobody had ever done this before but you guys bought into it that the team bought into it 
and we had tremendous success. And for what, if it wasn't for you, you guys, Steve, I probably wouldn't have survived. I wouldn't have made it because you gave me my first job in sports psychology. But and that was in 1981. And back then, nobody did this, right? I mean, nobody even heard of this. And now, now we hear about it all the time. Oh yeah, you you were a pioneer, Andy. You were a real pioneer. Well. You and Bob Timmons uh, are two of the classiest people, you know, unfortunately Bob's not with us anymore, but he was a man who, who was willing to do anything to, to help his athletes, as as were you, and, uh, you know, that that's why I think I had an opportunity to do this, and it was it was wonderful working with you guys, and, you know, to this day, I, I still have relationships with a lot of those those athletes, they've stayed in touch with me over the years, and, and you as well, so thank you for calling, Steve, and I, and I want to thank you for being who you are. So well, thank you, sir. You're very kind. Continue success, Andy. All right, Steve. You Take care of yourself. Make a difference. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. And let's go next to Mark. Mark, good morning. It's Dr. Jacobs. How are you? Uh, hi, Dr. Jacobs. This is Mark. Uh, I live in Chicago. Uh, congrats on 40 years, first of all. Well, thank you very much. And I love the show. Uh, if I sleep in late on Sunday mornings, I usually listen to your podcast. I, I always enjoy that, so... Actually, I have a two-part question for you. Okay. I know over the years you've worked with a lot of different age groups and athletes, so I don't want to offend anybody, but I wondered if you had a favorite age group to work with, first of all, you know, high school, college, or professional. And my second question is, do you have a favorite sport that you like to work with? Um, that's a hard question to answer, Mark. Uh, age, age group, I, I think... You know, there really isn't a favorite. I don't really have a favorite. I like them all. I mean, and and it doesn't matter if boys or girls, men or women. I've liked them all. I mean, I could sit here and say golfers or tennis players because those are sports I play. But then baseball, basketball, football, soccer, swimming, uh, it doesn't matter. Running, I like them all. It, it, the thing is, Mark, I like to help people, and that's why I do this show. And uh, thank you for listening to Chicago. I'm honored somebody in Chicago is listening to me. But great questions. I'll... I'll see if I can come up with a better answer than that, but right now I can't really tell you there's a favorite. I like them all. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was kind of a hard question, but I mean, I, you've worked with so many different athletes and done such a great job. So, uh, you know, probably the, are the professional athletes the ones that I mean is that at the highest level? Uh, yeah, they're 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 probably the most challenging. But then again, it just right. depends. Listen, we got to go to our break here, sir. But th- thank you for calling. Okay. Thanks for listening to Chicago. Right. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Thank you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports and as I'm starting my 40th year of work on Tuesday, I thought today I would sort of do a show a little bit about what I've, I've done, and I'm flattered so many people have called in. A number of people I've worked with over the years have called in, and love to hear from you as well. Um, sports psychology 
is a field that is it exploding now and it's exploding because people recognize the importance of mental training of your attitude building confidence one of the biggest topics I deal with everyone on is the issue of confidence and let's face it we all have times when our confidence goes down but you can't measure confidence and that's I think one of the problems when I first got started when people told me you can't do this it won't work because you can't quantify psychological components you can you know if you break your arm there's a there's a way to set it and fix it but if your confidence is broken it's a lot harder and that's why getting started in this profession was so hard now of course people recognize the importance of that and a lot of teams have sports psychologists a lot of schools use them i think everybody should because it's helpful let's go back to the phones and let's go to teat good morning how are you are you there Yes, go ahead. Or right, we've lost him. Let's go next to Carolyn. Carolyn, good morning. I'm Dr. Jacobs. How are you? Carolyn, are you there? Oh, hey. Hi. Dr. Yeah. Jacobs, this is Carolyn. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, congratulations on your 40 years in practice. Well, thank you. Um, you worked with my son. Um, he was a Division One college football player in Arizona. And just want to share that success story with you because sometimes, you know, after you work with a client, you don't get to hear the result uh, afterwards. And I just want to share that with you. I, I, yeah, I remember. I remember your son. Yeah, that was several yeah, years ago. Several years ago. Yeah, exactly. He had torn his pectoral muscle before his NFL pro day, and um, was having a little bit of a confidence problem. And uh, you know, you talked with him, and you know, he ended up not actually playing in the NFL, but. I think reaching even a greater pinnacle of success and becoming a special forces green beret. And wow, I, um, yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. Boy, he really has made something of himself. Yeah, exactly, and and that is in part due to I think in a very much a large part as you talked about confidence. Um, you know, the confidence he needed to be able to do that to attack that. So. I just wanted to thank you. Um, thank you for the work that you've done with the many athletes that you've worked with over the years, but in particular with my son. And uh, you can be proud. He's uh, the best of the best, um, a Green Beret right now. Well, you, yeah, thank him for, for doing that in his service, and and thank you for calling in. And, and I do recall your son, a very, very motivated young man i'm glad he's he's accomplished what he wanted carolyn thank you for calling and you have a great day thanks thanks for the call you too okay bye-bye you know as i as i go back on my career and think back on on the field of sports psychology and how it got started um it's interesting because so many people when i first began 40 years ago just saw this as 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 fluff and laughed at it in fact several people i talked to when i tried to get started you know they didn't believe in it they said oh come on really you you can't do this type of stuff you can't work with people on this confidence attitude mindsets 
you know, this is back in the days of Zig Ziglar and, and people like that getting started with motivational talks. And now, you know, now today, let's face it, the mental part of sports is talked about all over the place. Because athletes, you know, I, I've said it for years, and I had the privilege in 1990 to work the Kansas City Royals with some of the greatest baseball players ever. And the greatest Kansas City baseball player ever, George Brett. I got to know George Brett. In fact, my younger son's name is Gregory Brett, named him after him. And, and I learned so much watching George because he started the year not, not doing very well batting-wise and in the end of the year won a batting title. And I got to watch how he did it because I, I had a locker in the locker room. I was there every day. And I got to observe one of the greatest athletes in his sport do his craft. And it, it, it helped me understand commitment and dedication and hard work because, you know, I've worked with so many people over the years. George Brett worked as hard at being the best he could be as anybody I've ever known. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And I've had the privilege to work with so many other people, Olympic champions as well. There was a common theme with these people. They were committed to their goal. They were committed to accomplishing what they wanted. Let's go next to Peter. Peter, good morning. How are you? Hello, Dr. J. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I know who this is. This is Pete Malone, who a good friend of mine. How are you? I'm doing good. Congratulations. You know, it's been a, was a great run for us. You know, and I was the head coach general manager of the Kansas City Blazers and a coach for numerous national teams. But uh, our relationship started very soon after you finished your Ph.D., as you remember. And um, we began in 1983. Right. And I, you know, the Blazers and all their families, including the parents, the children, the you know, the athletes, uh, really benefited from the programs we put together to help them grow and of course i'm a firm believer that the mind runs the body and and once we adapt and really take on that we realize we have a much fuller potential you know it's a very simple lesson and you certainly helped unlock a lot of people's dreams and potentials and just understanding of themselves so i want to thank you for that and continue doing it and doing it well well, I want to I want to say something about you. You you are someone you know I've known for since 1983, and you introduced me to so many great people. We had the chance to work with so many people who went on to swim, you know, in college, and several in the Olympics who won medals, and and it was because of your openness, your willingness, and your your mindset of of understanding psychology and how to get your athletes to accomplish their goals. I mean, you coached, we figured out, what, over 10,000 kids, I think is what we figured out one time. I mean, my gosh, you, you've done so much, and I want to I thank you for what you've done because not only that, you coached my younger son, Gregory, and let's face it, he wasn't the easiest person in the world sometimes to deal with, but you dealt with him, and I wouldn't have asked you to co-author our, our book if I didn't trust you that much. So, so Pete Malone, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate the call. It means a lot. Well, Andy, like I said, our friendship and our relationship, both professionally and every other way, has been a gold medal to me in my life, and it certainly helped me expand my horizon. Probably most important to me, the people that we were all both working with, the families that we helped 
pull it all together and get the most out of their journey. So thanks again. Have a great new year when it starts. And uh, I'm just, I treasure it. Well, your friendship means a lot, my friend. And thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Stay well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's one of the best coaches I've ever known, Pete Malone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're going to go to our next break. Come back. Give me a call. Let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and today I'm doing a little bit of a different show, as Tuesday will be the beginning of my 40th year of work in a profession people told me that would never work, sports psychology. Started in 1981, and I had the privilege to... As, as, as we've heard throughout the show, so many great people I've gotten to know over the years. Um, I want to thank you all for calling. I'm, I'm flattered to hear from all these people. And the next person we're going to talk to, see his name on the board. I'm excited to talk to him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. A pretty pretty neat guy. His name's Paul Titus. Paul, how are you? Thank, thank you for calling. Doing great, Andy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. It's great to hear your voice. What, what's up with you? You know, really... The good Lord blessed me. It's been a, a great run, and, and uh, so much of that, I think, started with the work you and I did together and the difference you made in my life and, you know, the relaxation techniques and the ability to think about things in different ways in highly stressful situations. It's really paid off, um, not just in athletics or at KU when you're working with us, but just in life. So I heard you were going to do this show today. Coach Kiefer called me about it. I thought, I have to call him and say hello. <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, thank you. Um, let You know, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about what, what you did at the Big 8 Outdoor Championships in 1982 in May. Um, you always, you're a high jumper, and I got to, to, I got to work with you your senior year, and uh you're just an awesome, awesome person, Paul. I just want to say that to start off with. And you always, you wanted to jump seven feet, right? That that was your goal. Yes, sir. And you, you hadn't done it. No. And, and then we got to the big eight. I, just, I love what happened with you because we we got there and, you know, I've talked about relaxation, visualization stuff in the show forever. And, you know, you bought into it. We went through the, the exercise on the bus, and then you went out and jumped, and, and tell people what happened after that. I mean, it was just, what a day, to have wanted to jump seven feet for so long, and to have been so close, and yet so frustrated, um, and, and end up not only jumping seven feet, but seven, one and a half, take third place in a meet almost make it to the Olympic trials. It was just, it was everything a young athlete would want. And, and uh, you just made a difference. You, you, you just got me over that hump, so to speak, to, to instead of being afraid of the goal or afraid of the height, to just go out and execute and, and get it done. And It's unbelievable. Well, you did it. And I remember, I think it wasn't the first jump, so just explain to everyone, when you're high jumping, you get three attempts at every height, correct? And so yes, sir. you started at six foot eight, if I remember correctly. I believe so. And, uh, and then you went six nine, six ten, six eleven. You, you cleared all those in your first attempts, right? Wasn't that correct? Yes, sir. And then you got to seven feet. And I, I remember sitting in the infield, and you, I remember you were sitting there stretching, and you looked at me. I, I remember this. Uh, you looked at me and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm at seven feet." <laughs> and, 
And I said, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And and you went out and jumped over that bar. And I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody in my 40 years of work as excited as you were when you cleared that height. I got to tell you, it was a great feeling. It was a... Well, your whole your whole career, you've been trying to do that. <laughs> Very true. And, and uh, gosh, when I think back about that, it, it's funny to think that little distance between 6'10 or 6'11 and 7 feet now seems so small, but back then before you and I were working together, it seemed so big. But let, let me... It, sorry, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. So I want, what I wanted to ask you... What I, well, okay, so what I want to ask you is this. So you cleared this, this barrier. This, this is what I work with so many people. You, you, you overcame that barrier, and then you were just sort of free, weren't you? Because then, then you did seven, one and a half. Absolutely, it felt different. It, it felt like, um, I think just what you put it was great. Once you're past that barrier, it is free. And then it's just, okay, I'm just going to go and jump again. And, and it was different. It, it was, it was so much easier. How and is it that? It was fun. Sorry, go ahead. Finish, finish up where you're It was say. fun at that point. Was that what's supposed, let, let me stop you right there, Paul, because... Isn't it supposed to be fun? Isn't that what it's supposed to be about? It's supposed to be. But but you mentioned fear, and you what were you afraid of? If you don't mind sharing that with our listeners, what was it you were afraid of that kept you from getting up to seven seven feet? You know, it sounds crazy. I, I think I was afraid of maybe the success. I, I think I was afraid that. Oh boy! If I make seven feet, uh oh! Now I've got to go for seven one or something bigger. And and I think I was afraid. Yeah, and I, you I know, mean, I knew I wanted to do it, but oof. yes, and you hit it on the head right there. Okay, so many people talk to me about a fear of failing, and a lot of people have a fear of success for exactly what you just said. A lot of people will say to me, "Well, if I do that, then they're going to expect me to do more." And I think that was part of it for you, but then you, you, you overcame that, and look what you were able to do. And here it is, you know, that was 1982 in May, and here we are 38 years later, yet you still remember it like it was yesterday. Very much so. What a day. And, and what a difference in life. I've, I've, uh, you know, in, in business, when you're trying to reach a goal or, or overcome an obstacle, Boy, the techniques you and I talked about, you can apply that to business. At least I've been able to, and it's made a difference. Um, I'm grateful. Well, everything you did for me. I, I, I want to thank you for calling and sharing that, Paul. You're a wonderful person. Um, you, as well as all, all the people at KU, on the, you know, that first year with the track team. And, and let's face it, Coach Kiefer, Coach Timmons gave me an opportunity to work with you guys, and you guys were open-minded to it, and... You know, you and, and Pat Craig, the other high jumper, uh, totally bought into this, as did, as did pretty much the whole team, right? I mean, everybody was, it was interesting. You know, it's like, who is this guy, shrink? Talk to some guy, what's he going to tell us? But I <laughs> but I think, I mean, was that, when, I don't know if you can recall when I first met you guys, it, I'm sure, I know there were guys who were like, what the heck is this? But uh, why do you think it worked? Why do you think it was able to work? I think it's because people did buy into it. And I'll tell you, 
as you know, coming in, in, in athletics, amateur athletics, and in, in high school, the seniors are always the best, or, or generally are the best. And you know, your sophomore, you're okay. Junior, you're okay. Senior, you're better. Coach Timmons had us all in the very first week. We were there. We were in his basement. Had all the freshmen. Said everybody who's a state champion, please stand up. And I thought, well, I'm a state champion. I thought, I'll stand up, see how many other guys do. Andy, the entire room did. Right. Everyone did. And he said, everybody who's two state champions or less sit down. Me and one other guy did. And and he went through the whole room up to eight times. Jeff Buckingham out of Gardner was an eight-time state champion. And Timmy's point was, he said, guys, it's a new game up here. Everybody's good. To, to move on, you have to be better than good. And and I never got it until I met you. And, and uh, you just taught me that there's you have to get your mind involved. And you have to be able to overcome the fear and the frustration. And, and for me, certainly, the anxiety, um, being over-amped up, over-anxious, what a difference it made. And I'm telling you, it was just a true blessing in my life, and it's helped me all through my life and all through my business career. I am grateful. Well, uh, listen, Paul, uh, thank you so much for calling and sharing this to everyone. I, I, I hope this encourages people to work on their fears because you did it and you overcame them. And a great example, and, and you inspired me because of that success. And before I let you go here real quick, we got interviewed after that meet by a KU journalism intern. Remember who that was? <laughs> I believe I do. Yes, tell everybody who that was. I think it was Bob Luter. It was Kevin sure. Kevin Harlan. Oh, that's right, that's right. We, but you remember talking to Luter later on? Yes, yeah, but Kevin yeah. Kevin Harlan interviewed us as a, as a journalism student at KU. That was pretty cool. Oh, and look what God. he's done. Listen, my oh, friend. My I got. We got to finish up. Th- thank you for calling, and sharing that with everybody. Um, you're you're a wonderful man, wonderful person, and it's a privilege to to have been able to have helped you out. Thank you, Paul. Amy, same to you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, take care. Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank all these people for calling. Um, I'm honored and flattered. And please, if 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 you want to improve yourself, look at yourself. Ask yourself, like Paul. What are some of my fears and how can I overcome them? What do I have to do? Am I afraid to fail, afraid to succeed, whatever it might be? Our shows are podcasts here at Sports Radio 10 WHB on my website, winnersunlimited.com, on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes. You can reach me at 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at, sport, at Dr. J Sports Psych. Have a great week. Thank you, everybody, so much for my career. And I hope I get to do it for a lot longer. Take care. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents 
and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.